The Lamudi webinar series is a series of online discussions with industry experts who share their insights and tips on how to retain your business despite the current challenges. A very good afternoon um, to our panel viewers tuning in this afternoon um, for our webinar titled Co-working versus Coronavirus Overcoming Challenges. I'm Deborah from Lamudi Philippines and joining me today are four panelists. Um, first, we have Joey Bondock, Senior Research Manager at Collis International. Hello, Joey. Thank you for joining us. Hello, um, good afternoon. <laughs> Hi, Joey. We also have with us Raphael Felix or Pete, President and CEO of Finma Properties. Hello, Pete. Um, Finma Properties entered the co-working space, space with uh, Accelerate in 2019, right? We also have with us Alex Domingo. Um, head of Sales at Common Ground Work Philippines. Hello, Alex. Thank you for joining us today. Um, as well as, last but not least, Joseph Worker, Managing Director at Penn Brothers. Hello, Joseph. <laughs> All right. Um, great. Now, today, the panel discussion is titled Co-working versus Coronavirus, Overcoming Challenges. Now, in the last weeks, we've gathered lead, uh, we've gathered kind of different insights as to how it's changed, the way we work, the way we communicate, and the way we navigate our work life, right? Today we have with us um, commercial and co-working segment providers to share their thoughts on the COVID-19 impact so far, what they're doing, and quite possibly an outlook for the near future. Now to start off, um, let's hear from perhaps Joey from Collier's to provide some context onto the commercial co-working market at the moment. Um, Joey, how is the segment coping with the coronavirus update and outbreak? And um, do you have some trends and numbers for us? Well, yes, uh, good afternoon. Uh, first, I want to thank uh, Lemudi uh, for giving us the opportunity to present about the co-working space in Metro Manila. Um, indeed, these are unprecedented times that we are seeing uh, right now. And um, it has really been um, compelling a lot of uh, developers, a lot of companies to innovate. And uh, we believe that you know flexible workspace is one of those property segments that will really help us innovate the way we work. Um, and uh, I believe that uh, you know it has really been compelling a lot of uh, players, occupiers, companies to adopt this new property segment that we have right now. But just to provide a data, a few figures, you know here in here Metro Manila. The share of flexible workspace is still small compared to the total feasible space that we have all over Metro Manila. Um, currently, we only have about 2.5% of our total feasible space here in Metro Manila. That is allotted for the co-working co space. And it's really small compared to other markets across Asia. Jakarta has about 9% uh, of its total leasable space allocated for flexible workspace, Singapore more than 3%, uh, and other markets across Asia averaging from 4 to 5%. But I think moving forward, this is one property segment that is likely to thrive because to provide context, a lot of companies, PPO companies now, have really been holding off in terms of expansion or leasing. In fact, uh, based on what we hear on the ground, some companies are holding off expansion or occupancy of new office space for about three to six months. And some of these companies are now looking at, uh, okay, why don't we occupy or take up a flexible work space, at least in the near term, while well, we're still gauging our expansion plans over the next one 
to two years. Um, what we see right now is that a lot of companies have been wary in terms of um, occupying, um, you know, traditional office space, uh, especially those that were initially looking at taking up office space for a long term, uh, three, five, ten years. And uh, what we see all over uh, Asia right now is the popularity of split operations. We call it flex and core. Colliers, that's how we term it. When uh, companies, traditional companies or BPOs even are now looking at um, doing split uh, operations. So 50% of your staff probably working in a traditional office space and then the other half either working from home or occupying traditional or flexible workspace. I think right now what we are seeing is an experiment of this work from home arrangement. And one of the results of this work from home arrangement is the uh, viability of a flexible workspace that we might see all over Metro Manila. I think uh, right now, uh, a lot of companies, are, again, are looking at occupying one, two, three seats in the meantime. Uh, once they, while they're still uh, considering on firming up their uh, business expansion plans. And speaking of business um, operations, I think this flexible workspace has also now become an integral part of their business continuity plans, especially now that we're seeing uh, social distancing, we're seeing uh, disrupted operations, and we believe that uh, this uh, occupancy of flexible workspace will be part of the new normal once this um, ECG or enhanced community quarantine is lifted. So I think uh, moving forward, uh, what we might see is um, greater demand for this flexible workspace and we will see more boutique, even the major developers responding to this uh, demand for flexible workspace all over Metro Manila. All right, thank you for that, Joey. So you're saying uh, an, an increase in demand. Now I'm curious about the operators themselves. Um, perhaps we could hear from Alex um, of Common Ground PH. Um, what are your thoughts on the impact of the coronavirus out outbreak? Do you agree with what Joey has kind of covered? Um, yep, I would agree with what um, Joey had mentioned earlier. So basically there are a lot of, um, especially for um, I'm going to be talking about um, common ground members, right? We have a lot of like um, micro, small, and medium enterprises, companies that are actually um, uh, renting out common ground. So we are the ones who are being affected right now. So we do see some clients who, are, who will have um, some problems in terms of uh, probably paying your bills, your rental. Um, some of them might actually stop operations, worst case scenario. But at the end of the day, um, as what we always uh, promise our, our members, we will actually um, be there to solve these issues with them and um, make sure that make sure that um, at the end of the day, even though we don't see each other, we still give them the service that they actually need, especially during this time. Right. Okay. Writing on a bit. Uh, about that, um, Joseph, as I understand from you guys, you're quite active in, what, like what Alex said, engaging that community. Um, right, so could you tell us a little bit more about your initiatives and what you guys are doing at the moment? Sure, and um, I mean, thank, thank you very much for having me and for, for having us, by the way. So it's a real pleasure to, to share some insights. Um, and obviously our, our hearts and thoughts, first and foremost, go out to every single person out there who's suffering or know someone who's suffered from from this 
really difficult situation. I think it's uh, an extremely unique and tough situation for everyone globally, um, and even for us here in the Philippines. So I think what Joe said is great. That's really encouraging for us to hear that, uh, that for the stats say that we believe that midterm, long-term, that there'll be, there'll be growth. Um, I think saying, uh, looking at the facts, I mean, short-term, for sure, this is going to be tough. Um, co-working is is a physical business, right? It's office spaces, and of course, during an enhanced uh, quarantine, there is no way that we could provide that as a service. Um, so, some co-working companies who are still needing to pay rent to their landlords, but uh, they're not getting paid by their clients. There's there's going to be tough dynamics all over the place with with some of the co-working spaces sincerely struggling. Um, but remember that all co-working spaces have slightly different business models there. So I think everyone will, will be coping in a, in a different way. Um, but having said that, I think really interesting to know that midterm, um, I do think as well that that term flexibility is something which will be extremely important. And um, speaking firsthand from a Pen Brothers point of view, we can obviously see some clients indirectly are affected or directly affected, um, may not be able to grow during this. So of course, uh, co-working spaces will suffer because those clients may leave or downsize or not want to renew. Um, but medium term, the need for, for flexible office space will, will surely, um, you would think, logically increase for certain types of industries. Um, but I think this will definitely take a lot of time I think another really interesting point which, which Joey talked about was that perhaps there'll be some form of hybrid, no? He said about there'll be some companies having half of their workforce working from home, um, which I think is on one side, you could say this is bad for co-working because if you're working from home, you're not paying for a co-working seat, right? But on the other side, I think it's on, it's on the co-working company's side to, to have to adapt to that um, and be able to provide some kind of hybrid option to cater to those clients. There's one thing that this situation has done is it's really forced companies to work from home, whether they wanted to or not. And a lot of companies out there right now are now saying, well, hang on a minute, I can do this. My productivity is actually not too bad. Perhaps I don't need an office or perhaps I don't need 100% of an office. So that's something I really think that uh, co-working spaces need to be ready for, which is to be able to adapt the offering um, and, and be able to, to cater to the difference in demand going forward. All right. Now, Joseph, kind of writing on that train of thought, it's also something that I've been reading and that has been coming up more commonly. It is that some state co-working offers might actually, aid, might actually help businesses in combating the coronavirus in that hybrid model that you mentioned, right? A chance to separate the workforce through possibly different offices of co-working spaces, right? What is your take on the matter? Yeah, I mean, definitely it's, it's possible. Um, I've always believed that I think... Um, co-working spaces in general speaking have very good distancing um, in comparison to, to many other traditional offices I think and you look at some of the companies out there will have uh, a specific demand of square meters per person I mean spaces do this really well common ground do this there's a bunch of players out there that do this in a really 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 good way um, so for sure that's that's always going to be one option 
Um, as we go back to work, we need to be still distancing to some effect. So of course it will, it will help. Um, but I think, look, I, I really think that it's you following the government rules is to be honest, the only way that we'll actually combat this. Of course, co-working companies are one of the options out there for where you can have more space between people. But I don't think co-working is the solution from a physical side because we need to follow whichever social distancing rules that the government have put in place anyway. Um, one way though, I do think that co-working companies can be extremely effective in a time like this is because of the community side. Um, something that coronavirus I think is showing us worldwide is the need for coming together and for the right information to be shared in the right way in the right channels. Um, and community is really the first word that you associate with co-working spaces. It's, it's the real value that they provide and bringing together their members, sharing uh, insightful information in the right way, things like these intelligent types of webinars where people can learn and, and share thoughts. Um, and the flow of correct information, I think, is, is extremely important and how that's communicated. And that's uh, definitely a way in which co-working companies could have a, a really positive impact following this virus. Right. Thank you for sharing that, Joseph. And I was just about to get to that um, community engagement, right? Um, I'm aware that while some of the facilities remain closed temporarily, um, I've noticed that a few co-working spaces have been actively trying to engage their communities online or from afar, right? Um, I specifically want to know, I'm curious about the operators on ground, um, perhaps starting with uh, Pete um, or Alex on um, what have you guys been doing um, while your facilities are physically closed? Um, what are you doing to engage your community online? Um, you want to go ahead, Alex? Or should I go ahead? Go ahead, Pete. Okay, Pete, you can go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway... I agree with what everybody has said right now, um, but uh, insofar as what Accelerate is doing, uh, we've been we've been um, touching base with all our customers uh, through information drives um, and through uh, activities such as this, uh, just you know to be to be able to be relevant to them. Uh, at, at you know everybody's in isolation, but you still want to know what's going on around around you, what's going on around your community. So we, we got to keep ourselves relevant. So that's how we touch base with them. All right. Um, thank you, Pete. Um, Alex, I've noticed actually um, Common Ground has been quite active with its, can I call it seminars, webinars online. Uh, I've seen it made its rounds. Could you tell us a little bit more? Yep. So basically for Common Ground, uh, this is currently under um, the hard work of our marketing and operations team. So as um, you've noticed, we have been very much active in our um, all of our social media channels right now. As an example, um, our Malaysia counterpart even have an online comedy, uh, comedy night for their members. So basically, uh, we've been really trying our best to make sure that we engage our members, even the members. So even if our venue is closed, we still um, get in touch with them. 
Uh, the team is working hard to make sure that the members still feel us in terms of the community engagements. We also have what we call the Ambition Engine, which has been actively used by Common Ground members um, long before uh, the coronavirus happened. So we will we definitely uh, inform them and reach out to them through our social media uh, sites and such. All right. Um, that's interesting. Now, um, I have another question actually now for Penn Brothers. So Joseph, um, as I understand, your core business is actually an employment platform. Um, if that's right, how are you servicing your clients at the moment without people being physically around in your office? So your community, your clients. Yeah, great question. Um, it's definitely difficult, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's something which you have to adapt to. And um, I think it, what I find interesting, and I think um, that the way that the, the, the not the curve, but the, um, the trend, if you like, of co-working was going even before this virus happened was the, the need for added value services. Um, I, I actually think that shift happened long before um, the coronavirus happened in the way that co more and more co-working spaces needing to offer different things. Um, and to secure kind of longer term, bigger clients, uh, rather than just the beautiful office and, and nice paintings on the wall um, and purely just the office space. There was that kind of necessity of needing to shift and add value in, in other areas, um, which is one of the reasons why we focus so much to, to shift, if you like, our core business to, to being employment. Um, so we employ teams for startups and enterprises from, from all over the world. Uh, from different regions here from from the Philippines and they're placed in our 10 co-working spaces But as soon as the lockdown happened, of course providing those kinds of services a lot more difficult remotely um, But it is possible and I think one thing that this coronavirus has done is essentially Sped up the way that I believe it was probably going anyway um, and the future of work is was always really remote um, it's just a lot faster upon us than, than we had planned for and that we've thought about. Um, so I think that's something which we were starting to prepare for anyway, and this is a great test into bringing it upon us uh, right now. Um, but a few of the operational things that we actually have done, I think other than um, providing home Wi-Fi's for people, making sure that everyone has the right laptop, the right setup, um, constantly checking in with people to ensure that they're engaged and, and doing well, um, I think it's often quite easy to forget sometimes that this is not an easy situation. So this is the time to check in with team members a lot more than the regular once a week, how are you doing? But this is really the time to say, okay, let's really sit down with our team members and with our clients and with our clients' team members and really be sure, are you okay? Is there anything that you, that you need? And this requires a lot more time, a lot more effort, um, but it goes a long way and it has a sincere impact. But we're fortunate enough to live in an age where Zoom, Slack, Hangouts, there's a million different uh, platforms out there. We're, we're gifted with the use of this plethora of technology in which we can communicate with anybody effectively and often at very low cost. Um, so I think this is something which we were, of course, no one in the world was prepared for. Um, we had to adapt. Ben Brothers had to adapt just like everybody else. Um, we also wanted to really think about the bigger picture. Um, so we, we made a few quite bold calls at the start, like uh, we gave 
our clients free rent at one point to make sure that we could they could uh, focus on keeping their people right if they were going to if our clients have to reduce cost we want it to be on the rent side rather than having to, to to have any filipino jobs suffer at the hands of this thing so we wanted that to be the absolute last resort for anybody um that was a few big calls but i think bigger picture wise just being there for your clients and showing loyalty to them now um, will hopefully be what everybody needs in terms of seeing that retention long term. And, and, and you, you see later, people remember you for that. Um, so that, that's really been our approach. It's definitely not easy and I don't think there is a, a right way. Um, but uh, it's, it's the need to adapt in any situation, which uh, I think we've all had to do a lot more than, than we thought we would. All right, very interesting. And Joseph, now one point you mentioned was um, this idea of adapting through digi going digital, right? Um, what you say is you knew it was coming and now it's about speeding up that digital transformation. Now, in many ways, a lot of people have said that the coronavirus has been a catalyst for digital transformation. Now, I'd like to actually get views from um, Joey from more of a market perspective um, on coronavirus being really that trigger for speeding up digital transformation. What is your view, what is your take on this um, for the commercial sector, specifically in the Philippines? Yeah, definitely it has uh, had a lot of uh, impact in terms of how companies are adopting technology. They've been you know, really aggressive in adopting these technologies that we use right now. I mean, we use a lot of Zoom, a lot of Google Hangouts, a lot of uh, Blue Jeans and other um, teleconferencing platforms that uh, we are using right now and uh, we believe that uh, moving forward this COVID-19 has only accelerated these uh, companies adoption of these uh, modern technologies that's why one of uh, our key recommendations for flexible workspace operators for instance is highlight this strength you know if they provide high technology platforms um, high quality meeting rooms that the occupiers can lease out or can use uh, during a short period of time then highlight that because that's what will differentiate them in the market um, of course some uh, micro and small uh, enterprises might not have the financial capacity to aggressively adopt these high technologies that we are doing right now or we are using I mean look at the BPO corporation the BPO firms outsourcing, KPOs, uh, they have been adopting this high technology because they can afford it and they need this high technology to you know, protect proprietary information uh, that they need uh, to, to um, ensure uh, to continue operating because you know these companies are involved in dealing with you know some financial statements, transactions uh, overseas and they really have to ensure that um, all these systems, security measures are in place. So um, what this COVID-19 has done is that it only um, compelled companies to be more aggressive in adopting technology. And again, as I mentioned, you know, this is one opportunity for flexible workspace operators to entice um, current members to 
perhaps sign up for a longer period of time or entice, encourage potential uh, members to you know, see the value of them offering these um, technologies, these platforms that they may use within their flexible workspaces. And at the same time, um, you know, we see a lot of webinars right now. Perhaps there are some online conferencing tools uh, that they may be able to provide to future members. And this is another uh, segment that they should highlight to you know, attract more businesses uh, moving forward. All right, thank you, Joey. Um, Peter, I have a question for you because I am aware that um, FINMA has been quite the front runner when it comes to digital um, on your residential uh, division as well. Now, what are your thoughts over here um, on, on how this is playing in for your business? Um, digital, digital has always, has been there for quite some time, but I guess uh, it never has forced any one of us to use it in the way we do now. Um, so I think we've come to the realization that there's so much that can be done digitally, um, especially for us, for instance, in the property development business. There are so many things that are brick and mortar, um, signing of loan documents, being able to folder uh, folder buyer's requirements and delivering it to, to banks for their housing loans, et cetera. Digital, in the, last, in the last three weeks, digital has played a big part of that. Even, even banks, financial institutions are adopting it. So, so now, for, as an example, instead of a physical notary, in lieu of that, you can submit a a, you can email a picture of yourself signing a document. Uh, times before when you had to sign an original document, now you're accepting uh, e-signatures over, over email or an email confirmation that you're agreeing to such terms and conditions. So it's, it's changed a lot and it will, it will continue to change. Um, I, moving forward, I think we're going to be seeing a new normal and and like what what a lot of what uh, my like Alec Joseph or Joey said um, a lot of this will really uh, make companies evaluate the way they do work so I agree that we're going to have a hybrid situation not everybody will require will be required to come to office uh, You'll have companies downsizing, um, downsizing their office spaces, and perhaps, well, that would be the medium-term benefit to co-working because you know the added office space they need will be done in co-working facilities where you don't have where you don't have uh, a fixed amount of space that you have to pay for, uh, and that's because all of this is now. Can now be done digitally you know it's funny you asked me that question because right before i came on i was talking to our vice president for sales and marketing and to our head of operations and i was asking them whether our buildings are are uh, equipped for for broadband or for internet and they said they are so i said why don't we start selling our traditional real estate our condominium units all with service already, all with the internet service, because that is going to be our future. Um, so a lot of people, 
a lot of uh, buyers are now going to be working from home and they'll be going to their uh, company headquarters or their, or their uh, co-working spaces on a on an occasional basis so um, that's just the way it's going to be right interesting so you mentioned that adapting your product is going to be your new normal now I'm curious for the other providers uh, Alex perhaps uh, starting off with you what is going to be the new normal for common ground well, in general, there will really be a new normal as soon as we reopen our uh, venues, the business itself. So basically for Common Ground, right now we have been uh, discussing a few things and how do we adapt to this new normal moving forward. So basically at the moment, uh, in terms of, um, in terms of the, the, the operations itself, in, we might be, uh, of course, social distancing will really be a big part of it. But at the moment, um, like for example, for a hot desk member, um, there will be uh, there will be at least one meter distance um, between each other. Um, in terms of the meeting room usage, we will still be applying the the social distancing. In terms of using the common area spaces as well, definitely it will still be practiced. Now, we will be adding probably a more upgraded version of the first aid, first aid kits or first aid corners. And at the same time, minimizing uh, events, which would actually be inviting a lot of uh, people. And... Probably the last, the last thing that we will be uh, implementing once we reopen is the um, upgraded version of us logging in our visitors in case uh, it will be needed uh, for like contact tracing moving forward. But at the end of the day, we are also uh, trying to uh, coordinate with the building admins in terms of the security from the moment we step in the building uh, to the elevators and also of course we do provide CCTVs as well in case uh, the government needs it in the future. Okay interesting so most of your changes involve physical movement of uh, rearrangements, mm -hmm. uh, yep. some data collection and security and that's going to yes. be most of your, your changes. Okay um, Joseph I'm curious to know for Penn Brothers what do you what do you foresee as the new normal for you? Well um, I think actually most of the things we were honestly working on, um, I mean, in particular around tech, I mean, we've been shifting towards becoming a, a proper tech company for the last however long, and this just really speeds up the need for it. So this is in one platform, um, really being able to manage your people, um, hire new people, submit invoices, choosing your seat allocation, all of that stuff really managing your your team and, and managing the way that you do business but through technology um, and we've been building our own platform to to do that so this really speeds up the importance of us going there right now um, so that's one big change really to focus on the technology component um, i think the other also was happening anyway which is community coming online um, i think a lot of co-working spaces rely on on these, you know, Friday night booze ups and meetings and parties and all that stuff, which is really important. But um, even before coronavirus, I think it was shifting towards needing to come online anyway, as, as this digital age becomes upon us. So things like this, um, 
and Penn Brothers are, are, are one of those also who are bringing their community online. Um, so I think that's that's another change. Um, and then finally, I, I think the the different types of clients that we'll be looking for, um, because of course, out of the existing clients that we all have, some will be directly impacted by the coronavirus and therefore they'll reduce their teams. Some will indirectly be and therefore maybe they won't grow. Um, and some perhaps will not be affected at all. But there'll be some industries and some types of companies that will actually be thriving and growing. So I think it's also shifting the mindset of which companies out there would actually need office space or for us need uh, employment services. And um, I think as well, it, we're about to head in straight headfirst into a recession, right? Let, let's call a spade a spade. Um, but you look at the last recession and look at some of the companies that were, were born in the last recession. I don't know if you've seen these guys, WhatsApp, Instagram, Uber, Slack, Pinterest, the recession before that, Microsoft, IBM, FedEx. I mean, this is really the, the, the time for solutions to come forward and extremely innovative companies to, to come around. So you could either be one of those and, and come up with a new solution and value added service, which of course, Pen Brothers will be trying to do, um, or actually chase after these, these guys as clients because startups and SMEs for sure are the typical, um, uh, one of the typical kind of types of clients that, that co-working uh, spaces really rely on. Um, and at times like this, this will be the rise of many more startups around the world. Um, so those are some of the things that uh, I see the new norm being for Pen Brothers and for the industry in general. All right, um, Joseph, it sounds like you take quite a positive, um, quite a, um, and let's say, optimistic view on the current situation. Would I be right to say that? For sure. I think it's the only way, to be honest, in, in, to stay sane um, and to, to, to be there for, for our teams. I mean, of course, look, this is, this is an extremely difficult situation. I, I don't think um, we should think, oh, it's business as usual or anything like that. I think it's also time for us to be clear and to admit to ourselves and our teams and our stakeholders that this is an extremely tough situation for everyone. Um, but I think it's also a choice for each of us, particularly if you are in a leadership position of some kind, um, that there are people that are relying on you. And um, it particularly you have teams who are now no longer motivated by their teammates around them and going for coffees in the pantry and having those great uh, motivational team meetings. It's very difficult working from home. Some of us are lucky enough to have great internet and beautiful dogs and a nice balcony. Other people are not so lucky and have a very difficult situation working from home. Some people can't work from home at all, right? So I, I think it's, uh, you should be positive. I think it shouldn't be false positivity because people can see through that. And you also need to be honest that as this virus gets closer and closer to, to everyone and you start to have family, friends or colleagues who have been affected by it personally, it starts to get really real that this, this, is, a, this is a very serious situation. There's no hiding from that. Um, but I, I do believe that it is a mindset thing and you can decide how you approach it. And if you can spot the opportunities, which as you can probably see, I, I've sort of chosen to have that mindset, um, then for sure you can get through your own day a lot better. Um, and the team can sense that and the team can absorb that. 
And if the team are motivated, they're the they're the really real stars in all of this thing. And that's that's really all my job is to do at the end of the day is make sure that they're uh, happy, looked after, and motivated. All right. Thanks for sharing that, Joseph. Now you mentioned um, there are people who are not as lucky um, who don't have the right setup. I'm curious to know, um, maybe starting with you and then moving on to uh, Pete and to Alex, um, what has Penn Brothers been doing um, for those individuals in such a scenario? Yeah, it's it's a challenge, right? Because uh, certain times they wouldn't allow certain things to be moved from one place to another. The government changing a couple of the, the restrictions and the measures at different times. Um, but really, our, our step one in terms of making sure people were set up well from home um, was internet. I think internet and a laptop. So infrastructure, of course, is, is extremely important. Um, internet anywhere in the world is always up or down. In, in, in the Philippines, we, we have various challenges with internet as well. Um, so we provided um, portable Wi-Fi devices. We topped up people's load to make sure that they were um, able to essentially communicate and, and stay connected. Um, without internet, it's like having no power, right? It's, it's really, uh, it, it's our fuel these days. Um, and then same with, with laptops and infrastructure. Once, once that was in place, it was quite clear that there was a little bit more needed than that uh, in order to make sure people were set up from home. And that was the, the daily check-ins and making sure that people were happy and understood what they were doing. Um, and this situation has been very humbling for many reasons, but it's also taught us uh, to manage in a very different way. Uh, I'd be curious to know if, if uh, my, my colleagues around the table here have had a similar experience, but um, I find it, it's, it's completely different management style and um, the need to have those maybe daily scrums or sprints, whatever you call it, to kick off the teams and make sure they're happy every morning. Um, the different nature of, of how you conduct meetings. It's been really interesting um, how to adapt, but giving people not only the physical infrastructure, but also the very clear leadership in terms of understanding what they need to be doing that day or that week, um, I think are equally extremely important when you, you can't just ask the person next to you and you're helping people who are uh, miles away from each other. Um, so we've taken steps, but we're definitely still learning. We're not, the, we're not uh, claiming to have the right answer. Uh, these are just some of the things that we've tried. Um, I'd be keen to see what, uh, what the others have tried. Sure. Um, perhaps, Alex, um, on Common Ground side, um, what have you guys done and what are you guys actively working on? Okay, for Common Ground, so basically I do agree with uh, Joseph. So aside from the physical infrastructure that, you, that we are providing for our, our staff, in which case we really didn't have a lot of problems in terms of um, that part because um, even before the, this thing happened, we all have our laptops ready. We do have a work-from-home arrangement um, uh, on a weekly basis. So we are basically used of it. But the most important thing that we are um, addressing right now is basically the uh, mental well-being of everyone. So just like what Joseph mentioned earlier, we have been focusing on how to be creative in terms of our daily check-ins with our staff, uh, giving them the assurance as well that the company is uh, the company uh, knows um, the direction in the next few weeks or few months because of course everyone right now is um, a bit scared they're uh, 
they're thinking a lot of things so it's part of the management uh, basically to reach out to, uh, to them to give them that assurance um, aside from that, um, we also we, we tried our best to um, make sure to have our uh, weekly um, meetings as well on the management side. And then um, we tried to, what we tried um, recently is basically to have um, at least a small online activity with everyone else. Like we had a, a online bingo with some of our staff, those kind of things. So we we ask help. Same as Joseph, we're not perfect. We're all we're also learning. This is um, most of us experience this uh, first time. So we tried to ask help as well from other people, from other um, experts as well, on how we can manage this because. I believe that the most important thing right now to address uh, with a lot of people, including myself, is basically our mental well-being. So, yeah, so that's what we're focusing right now. All right, so it's mental well-being um, for common ground. All right, um, Pete, any thoughts on the matter and how, um, on, your, on your activities lately and what you guys are working on? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking on the, uh, about the property level, not, not, just, specific, not just specific areas of, of the company. Um, we've, decided, we've decided early on to keep the people whole. Um, we'll keep them whole by uh, paying their salaries, not deducting, not deducting their leaves. Um, we wanted them to feel that, that um, they have support, especially through these tough times. Um, so we equip them to be able to work from home. Uh, as with the others, we some of them had to be provided with with uh, internet service, with Wi-Fi service, um, and then of course you take home your laptops. And if and if you don't have a laptop, you can even take home your desktop, and we'll bring we'll bring it to you. Um, but uh, it's very important to keep their to keep their um, to keep their well-being at this time, uh, especially that probably a lot of them live alone, and and uh, because they live alone, you gotta keep them sane. You you gotta keep them sane at a time when you have physical isolation. When I mean, these people are so used to being with with their colleagues. Uh, having lunch together, so that's what we're concentrating on. So we we have we have learning sessions uh, every so often. How to lead in a crisis, how um, accounting in a crisis, that that kind of thing. Um, we we have coaching sessions, and then we have online activities where we have a social wall where people can just post at any time what they're doing. Um, we, we even have a dance challenge online and that a winner will be selected every so often. Uh, and then senior management, we take turns, senior management communicates with the general office once a week. Uh, and basically the messaging is, well, in every crisis there is an opportunity. So, uh, like Joseph said, you know, you look for those opportunities, 
Um, this is not supposed to bring us down. This is supposed to make us stronger and supposed to make us evolve or innovate into something new. So, you know, that's how, that's how we're keeping their mental and hopefully everything else, their spiritual, physical well-being intact. Uh, having said that, we do have, on, uh, in smaller groups, we do have the heads meeting with the smaller departments or, or, or sub-departments to make sure that we keep them also productive. By keeping them productive, um, you know, you take away, you get rid of an idle mind. I mean, the most dangerous mind is an idle mind. So, you know, try to keep, try to keep them busy and, you know, because of that, then they're productive, then probably they're healthy. All right. Now I'm curious to know actually, so that's on the team side, right? So on more of uh, the front end, so to the customers, um, with these changes, has anything evolved in terms of the client's requests, demands, or the client's needs? Uh, yes, it's actually been a challenge to sell. Luckily, we've, had, we've still had sales over the last, the last few weeks in ECQ, but uh, it's been a challenge. Everything is being done online. Um, everything is being done online. Um, actually, we've been talking to your colleagues, Deborah, uh, looking at, looking at um, virtual tours and, and other such similar tools, right? Because it is going to be the way of the future from here on. Um, so we've been looking at that. Even, even unit owners, uh, accepting their units for them to move in already. A lot of the inspections are now being done online, believe it or not. So, so there has, even on the front line, there are changes and it's, those changes are there to stay. All right, thanks Pete for sharing that. Um, back to you, Joseph. Um, in terms of client demands, um, client needs, what has changed for Penn Brothers? Well, no one wants to pay for an office when they can't use one, right? So that's, that's obviously uh, challenge one. Um, no, I, I, th I think, look, every, every single client, um, depending on their industry, because for Penn Brothers, we have such a, a wide variety of industries and client types and sizes and from different countries. Um, so everyone is going through this challenge very differently in their own unique way. Um, so we've seen, and, and you can't even categorize it per, per, per industry, if you like. It's really been very interesting. You'll have, um, let's say, one from, from the fintech um, industry in the U.S. that uh, needs to reduce their teams and, and almost um, disappear. And then another fintech coming from the U.S. has added on 30 new people during this thing. So it's been interesting, and um, it, it's obviously tough to predict. Um, but I think... First off, our clients wanted flexibility with regards to um, uh, the actual office space itself. And I think this was difficult for us uh, and for many others who, who have this as part of their business model. Um, but co-working spaces like us still pay rent to our landlords, right? Um, even if, if during this time we can't actually use the offices. And, uh, and I think we, of course, were then asked by some of our clients to to allow them and waive them the rental fee, which, which we get a hit for. So um, the, the, these kinds of requests in terms of financial help were obviously um, at the forefront at the beginning. There was the, definitely the first things that clients were asking for. 
Um, so that's been a bit tough to adapt to, but we, we go through it again. As I said earlier, I think we look at the bigger picture and that if we do something for them now, then later on, um, I think that hopefully they'll remember us for it. And our objective for this really is as long as our clients get through the situation as well, then it's better for everybody. So what can we do in order to be there for our clients as much as possible um, and provide that flexibility with whatever they might need? Um, so we've been shifting the product offerings, tweaking different things here and there, um, to deal with each one on a one-by-one, one, case by case basis. Uh, it's definitely not been easy, but uh, but uh, yeah, the need to adapt as always. Sure. Now, uh, Joey, perhaps a question for you. Um, beyond each individual operators, um, besides you mentioned a hybrid model earlier on, right? Um, how else have you seen the users, the the clients' demands um, and needs change over time? Well. Overall, what we're seeing so far is that, at least for the office leasing, there has been a slower inspection activity that we're seeing in the market. That's why we're still compiling our first quarter 2020 data, but we will definitely see a slower leasing activities for 2020. But I think what a lot of occupiers have also been uh, searching right now is you know the safety of the building sanitation is ensured uh, that property management is pro properly handled by the landlords uh, themselves or the property management services such as colliers I think right now it is very important for every occupier to look at the sanitation measures being implemented in every building by the uh, landlords and also i think right now um what might change is you know previously uh, we were more open to a more open setup of offices but right now i think some occupiers will be looking for or allocating greater space for every employee and we might see that moving forward so as to avoid the uh, spread of virus or transmission of virus within the um, office, um, within an every office setup. Uh, plus, uh, again, uh, what we have been seeing is that uh, while some companies are holding off um, uh, leasing of, uh, of office space and are delaying uh, leasing of fresh office uh, uh, spaces uh, in the next three to six months, uh, some companies have been open to okay, occupying smaller offices or flexible uh, workspaces. And I think what occupiers and even landlords have been looking for over the past few weeks is uh, when will uh, be, we be able to flatten the curve? When will the market conditions improve? When will the market sentiment uh, stabilize? Because a lot of uh, corporations are on a wait and see mode. And, uh, until we see a market condition improving on, a, on the back of a stable macroeconomic environment, we will not uh, be able to record a greater uh, leasing transactions for 2020. What a lot of uh, you know, property management companies and the real estate consultancy companies have been saying is that at least for call years, our um, estimate is if this uh, pandemic 
peaks in the first half of uh, 2020 and market conditions stabilize starting third quarter of 2020, then we will definitely see a pickup by 2021. It only differs if it will be a U-shape or a V-shaped recovery. U-shaped meaning a slower uh, recovery or V-shaped a faster. So again, we're still in a wait and see mode and a lot of uh, expansion plans and are on hold. But uh, slowly, uh, by first half of uh, by the end of the first half of 2020, we might see a market conditions improving, especially if we contain this by the end of uh, uh, June of 2020. So we're still optimistic with uh, the market conditions overall. All right, thanks for that, Joey. Very interesting numbers. Um, now, like you said, well, we're in this kind of waiting phase. Um, and as we saw recently, the ECQ being extended to 30th of April. Um, I'd like to kind of get a thought from each of the panelists, but starting with you, Joey, um, do you think there is a silver lining amidst the gray clouds for all of us right now? Definitely. Uh, there's a silver lining. Again, we see a lot of companies trying to adopt uh, you know, the flex and core split operation. So while there may still be demand for traditional workspace and we're all longing to go back to our own traditional offices, right, and be more collaborative with our office mates. I think a part of the new normal now is for companies to adopt a flex and core strategy, adopt a split operations. Um, overall, I think moving forward, uh, there will still be an increased demand for a flexible workspace because some companies right now are trying to um, save cash and lower their capital expenditures. So moving forward, they might not be too open to say leasing out a five, 10 year uh, lease term. So they might do it on a monthly, weekly, yearly basis. So that will probably stoke the demand for flexible workspace moving forward. I think um, for flexible workspace operators highlight what they can feature uh, or what they can provide the you know traditional occupiers that you know these features that are not um, usually seen or um, felt or experienced in a traditional office space. Um, I think right now while, while we are on a lockdown and even if this lockdown is lifted, we uh, expect the government to slowly uh, implement still some social distancing measures. So we might not be you know, operating at 100% capacity and there will still be some uh, split operations that will be implemented moving forward. So that's where we see the opportunity for flexible workspace. Another is, you know, for flexible workspace operators to look at the second, third tier cities. Um, do they need to expand outside of the core business locations such as Makati, Fort Bonifacio, or Tiga Center? Do they now locate in the fringes where there are some uh, secondary residential options also because for some employees it might still be difficult to do a long commute so these are options that they have you now have co-living as well as co-working options all uh, complementing each other so we believe that that's an opportunity moving forward then um, again some companies will be you know be careful in terms of uh, allotting huge investment in terms of uh, occupying big office buildings. So that's where the opportunity for flexible uh, workspace uh, comes. And um, I think uh, another opportunity is that, you know, for the m micro, small and medium enterprises, 
moving forward, we believe that, you know, if the economy picks up starting 2021, that will, you know, further spur the demand or expansion of these micro, small, and medium enterprises. And we have to note that about 95% of businesses here in the Philippines are micro, small, medium enterprises. About 60%, if I remember correctly, are within Luzon. So that just presents the opportunity for um, these flexible workspace operators that are trying to capture um, micro small businesses here in the Philippines. But not just that, we believe that, you know, some of the occupiers of flexible workspaces here, here in Metro Manila are those uh, smaller businesses based in the United States, Australia, UK, and, you know, with the, these governments trying to keep these businesses afloat, we, we still believe that you know, there will be a sustained demand uh, from these companies moving forward. So that should keep the flexi space market here in the Philippines afloat also. All right. Um, thank you, Joey, for your thoughts. Um, let's move to maybe Alex. Um, I'm curious to know from a Common Ground's perspective, um, what is the silver lining um, in this situation? We, of course, um, we still believe that there will always be a silver lining to this. As I've mentioned um, earlier, and we've been repeating this um, throughout the session, that difficult times always lead us to a better days. So in our case, this would sure, for sure open um, a lot of opportunities, just like what Joey mentioned. So there will be... Um, uh, there are some ideas of yeah, uh, having venues in different locations other than the usual PGC, Rockwell, and uh, Ortigas area because this is where the demands right now. Like most of the people nowadays would be scared of like commuting, traveling to far places. And it, it is a consideration as well to, uh, to actually go near to where our clients are. So this is one opportunity that we are working, currently working, studying, and preparing as well. So aside from that, we will also be embracing uh, the new normal and adapt our policies, um, processes based on that. So I believe once we um, all go back to working again, most of us, if not all, we have all learned your lessons in which um, I'm sure we will be applying in our daily lives moving forward. It may be um, difficult, but uh, we, if we will all just learn and work together and stick together, which what our team and members right now is greatly doing. Of course, with prayers as well, I don't think anything is impossible. And um, probably as a team, I believe that this made us um, a lot more stronger. Um, and with our members' help, we know that will definitely uh, make it through. So what the silver lining uh, probably right now is that um, we all learn to cope with the most difficult times probably that we have um, we have experienced. Um, for me, I, I, I always tell my colleagues that I, I didn't, I haven't imagined that I will be experiencing this kind of uh, this kind of situation in my lifetime so we all learn from from this situation and probably yeah, moving forward you will just apply those whatever. right thank you very much Alex um, one last thought perhaps from Joseph um, I understand you take a, a very positive outlook on this what is your silver lining Sure. Um, I mean, I mean, yes, definitely, definitely, definitely have a positive approach. I think it's really the, the only way. Um, I mean, f first off, 
I, I actually think that the, the government in the Philippines deserve a lot of credit for how they acted right at the beginning of this whole thing and these strict, strong measures um, I'm actually very pleased about. And I, and I thought that was, that was a really strong move and, and quite encouraging to show that uh, they were getting a handle on it and, and really taking it seriously compared to some of our neighbors in the region, um, actually. But I think another thing is that you know, we're talking about being resilient and having to adapt. Um, and something that I've noticed, I mean, I've lived here in the Philippines now for eight years. And I, this is now my home. I, I adore it. Um, you can test my Tagalog later. I, I take it very seriously. And, you know, I, um, I, I, the characteristics of the Filipino that I've learned over eight years is so much more than, than what some people may think it is. And I think these words of being able to adapt and being resilient I think are really two of the absolute top characteristics that I've noticed from every person that I've happened to meet here. So if there was any nation that should see a silver lining in how to deal with these types of problems, it's, it's the Philippines. So for sure, this is a global problem that we are all in it together. But talking specifically about the Philippines, I'm, I'm more than convinced that we have enough experience as a nation to pull through, band together, and get through an extremely difficult situation like this. I mean, year after year, we get pounded by typhoon and, and tough situation again and again. I mean, I'm ready for a refund on 2020. We just had the situation with Lake Tile, and, and now we have this, right? There's, there's always things in the air, but again, that there is no better characteristic trait out there um, than the Filipino who's actually ready to deal with a situation like this. I really believe that. Um, then taking it back to what is the silver lining for the industry, as I mentioned, I think that co-working needed to change before coronavirus. And there are certain very big stories of huge co-working companies out there, um, which, which happened long before, which kind of showed that I think the era of just having a beautiful office probably wasn't enough anymore. So. Companies needed to start attracting bigger clients. They needed to have um, value-added services and not just the, the office space solution necessarily. Um, and COVID has just really sped up this reality. So I think the silver lining is that, yes, short-term co-working, like many other industries, um, will no doubt suffer. And we'll see um, a few tough uh, months and perhaps even years um, in order to recover from this. But providing that uh, there is that ability to adapt the product offering, adapt the approach, adapt the type of clients that we go after, um, I think actually this industry, flexible workspace, because the future of work is remote, um, could actually do extremely well. So I think the silver lining is that short term, definitely a very big challenge and we all need to band together, very much so. Um, but medium term and long term, this is a sector which for sure could thrive. All right, very encouraging words. Um, thank you, Joseph. Now, that brings us um, to the end of today's panel um, titled Coworking versus Coronavirus um, Overcoming Challenges. Now, for our viewers tuning in today, um, please leave a comment um, below if you have any questions for our panelists. We will do our best to remain active in answering all your queries after the live session. This is Deborah from Lamudi again, um, joined by our panelists, Joey Bondock, Senior Research Manager at Collius International, 
Rafael Felix, Peak CEO and President at Finma Properties, Alex Domingo, Head of Sales at Common Ground Work Philippines, and Joseph Worker, Managing Director at Penn Brothers. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Have a good afternoon. For more updates on future episodes of the Lemudi webinar series, follow our Facebook page at Lemudi Philippines.